ABF Creative. ABF Creative. There's a certain weight that's lifted when you are okay to be vulnerable. Um, because I feel like it removes the power that any of your insecurity, your own insecurity has over your life when you just say it out loud. wrap-ups at the end of each episode but i'm not gonna do that this week only because this episode ran a little long um i was trying to think about what i could cut out and what i could keep in but overall i ended up keeping a lot of this conversation and and today's conversation is with none other than john henry and you know john henry doesn't really need too much of an introduction because we have a lot of the same people follow us both but for those who don't know who he is he's a speaker he's an entrepreneur um he is a former venture capitalist um and yeah he's a podcast host he's kind of one of those multi-hyphenate guys you know who has a lot of different um media um personalities media uh professions and so we talked about that we talked about how he was able to grow his platform in such a short amount of time because a lot of people i knew him when he was just doing small meetups in harlem and then he just grew to being um this behemoth of a personality at least online um and so we talked a lot about that we talked about the the plus sides and the negative sides of self-promotion and he's well aware of that because you know a lot of people have a very negative view of him and it's not something that he's you know oblivious to he knows that and so we talked a lot about that in in this episode we talked about vulnerability um and we talked about a lot you know you know so i just want you to sit back chill relax listen to it and if you agree or disagree with anything i want you to be vocal about that reply to this email or hit me up on twitter or instagram at Anthony Frazier. I really want to hear your opinions about this particular episode. All right. Enjoy the episode. I'm going to start the Easter, podcast man. right there. Happy Easter, bro. I'm going to start <laughs> it right Easter. there. Yes, sir. <laughs> right there. Coming been, in singing. I've been playing that feel-good music, you know, all Sunday. Just, you yeah. know, just getting in a nice, nice spirit. You said you was taking a walk earlier, like. What was the, what was the purpose of that, man? Well, I've been taking walks. Um, I've been taking walks um, for this coronavirus thing. I, I you know, uh, dipped out. I'm in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is where I own property. Um, and yeah, fortunate to have this space where you know we got access to parks here. You know, just big mm. open green spaces. So I've been taking a long walk, a once maybe sometimes two times a day. Um, and just clearing out a little bit. It's really nice, man. It's a blessing. Man, that's dope because that's actually what I'm going to do after this call is mm, mm. go take a walk. So 
um, yeah, man, just kind of like get out the house. You know, um, I do have a mask just in case like a crowd of people walk by me. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah that's facts. You know, just in case, you know, um, the mask, the mask uh, business is is about to blow up, man. It's booming. <laughs> even when this thing is over, nobody, everybody's still going to be super cautious. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. This is a crazy thing that's happening, too, because I don't know. I thought, you know, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of folks just thought it would blow over. Mm-hmm. Be almost, it's almost like if you've never gone through it, you kind of feel like it's not really going to happen. Um, mm. But yeah, man, it happened, bro. It actually um, actually hit my family, man, my mom and pops. Um, I haven't talked about it publicly, but my mom and father were actually both hospitalized because they fell very ill suddenly. And, oh, you know, no. you just get to thinking, mm, is this is this what, you know, the shit that they're talking about in the news and they got tested. The crazy thing is that, um, the, the results take so long to come back in. So you, the whole time you're just kind of waiting in, in, uh, you know, in a vacuum, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they came back they tested positive, man. Both of my parents, um, oh, no. were infected. Um, and they've, thankfully they've since recovered, but oh, it was, wow. a, yeah, there was, it was a scary period. Um, and yeah, man, it just got me to think because like I think my dad got it from his job at work and both my parents, you know, they're working like regular jobs, lower skilled labor in a warehouse here in Pennsylvania. And they were still going to work, man. And their employer, you know, they know state work from home, ain't no sick pay mm. leave. Like you got to show up if you want to make money. They don't make it out. They don't require you, but they're like, hey, you know, if you want to get paid, you got to come through. Yeah. And so my parents were still working. And it was at a time when they weren't, it wasn't as serious. So they weren't providing masks and stuff. And anyway, it just kind of got me to think because like, wow, you know, folks in our communities, we're going to bear the brunt end of it. And we have been, you know, yeah. it, it came out in the news and shit like that. But yeah. Um, but thankfully, man, pa- past the worst of it. But every, you know, since going through that, I had to take care of both of my folks. You know, my parents don't speak great English, so I'm I'm having to be on the phone all the time with the doctors translating and this and that. Um, wow. But um, so I'm definitely taking it very serious, man. And I, I feel bad because I started like taking it lightly, like as mm. a joke. Um, and when it hits home, it, you know, hits, you know, hits harder. So anyway. Yeah. Nah, that's good. That's that's first of all, that's good news. Um, um, Thank you. Thank you. I'm completely, uh, you know. Uh, grateful, you know, to God that your parents, both your parents are both, you know, um, in a, in a better, you know, on the men and, and getting better or better Thanks, already. And so, uh, yeah, man, man, that's a blessing. That's a blessing yeah. because, you know, every day, you know, the news is scary. You know, you, you, you reading the news and looking at that's why I completely cut it out. Like mm. I don't even watch, you know, I, I may, I may dabble a little bit, mm-hmm. but the, the news that I do dabble in is I live in, you know, Montclair, New Jersey. So I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, instead of looking at New Jersey news, I just kind of check the feed on the town that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And then I I see what they say. And then I just go on about my business. I'm like, all right, right I'm, I'm not right. going to pay attention to everything else. Yo, so. you've kind of, you've kind of done a good job over the years, I'd say of like kind of doing that, like everyone it's funny because like, you know, you've been around a while and everyone knows you and what you do, <laughs> but you're also at the same time, like low key. You almost remind me of J. Cole in that way. <laughs> you know, J. Cole ain't really out there like that. Um, you know, he drops heat occasionally, you know, he still got it. And then he, re- you know, re- 
recedes in the woods. You know. <laughs> you know what? Funny enough, man, that's a complaint that I get. People oh, are like, really? <laughs> yo, you fall back way too much. And that's actually something I'm we're gonna get to a little bit oh, in a in a bit. Like, but word. people tell me, like, yo, yeah, you fall back way too much, bro. And so word. um, you know, but but you, you know, and that's a good segue because I feel like with you, um, it's the complete opposite, or at least mm-hmm. it was, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I feel like you were someone who was out there actively speaking, yep. um, was a really great self promoter. Um, yep. <laughs> and so let's, let's back up to the speaking part, man, because, you know, I've seen you when you first started speaking mm-hmm. and you, you were good, but you weren't like where you are now, bro. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like if I look at the first time, I actually remember when you first did your first talk and oh, you were wow. so proud, man. You was like, yo, check out my first, you know, <laughs> my first speaking gig and you were posting online and everything like that. I think it was yeah. like overseas or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was in know. Aruba. It was in Aruba. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he was like super proud of it. And like, I mean, I'm looking at it like right now and I'm like, oh, snap. Like, yo, this guy's like evolved. So wow. how do you, how do you, you know, because so, there are a lot of people who want to be public speakers who yeah. are listening to this because it don't matter what industry you're in. Mm-hmm. If you know how to communicate on a stage very effectively, you can increase your business, increase your network, increase yeah. so many things. So like what, what, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to master that craft? Oh man. Yeah. It's crazy to to reflect on this with someone who has, you know, know me for that period of time. Cause, um, Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely taken me places, this whole, you know, craft. And it's it's interesting because if I were to be like, you know, very intellectually honest and just mm-hmm. like have careful introspection, um, you know, you call me like a good self-promoter, which I agree. Right. <laughs> and it's like, man, when you, f- at, for me, I'm going to come from a place of I, but like when I first got in the game, I just really wanted to make some hat make you know splash like i i kind of felt like like a lot of us we enter the game and we have no systemic advantages Mm. and that becomes more and more clear the more you see folks that have everyone's got a few cards you know up their sleeve that they can play yeah you got you kind of got to deal the hand that you were dealt and so for me you know getting good at making noise online was my way of being like, all right, this is going to be, uh, if I don't have any cards, like this is going to be, I'm going to make this card, you know, that yeah. I can play. Um, and yeah, so yeah, man, um, my speaking definitely has evolved. Um, it went from like something that I did because I really enjoyed it. I still really enjoy it, but it has really grown for me, man. Um, you know, my self-expression on stage is very different. I mm-hmm. felt like before then I was taking certain canned points yeah. and delivering them with a lot of energy was, which, which was what made me effective. Yeah. But at this point <laughs> in my craft, like I can go on stage. I never plan my talks ever. That's something I haven't done from even from the beginning. And it makes you more susceptible to bombing. That's true. But it's almost like freestyling and hip hop. Like the yeah. more you can flex that muscle, the more, the more, more pure of a place you can come from on stage man and and like these days i go on stage and depending on how i'm feeling and where i know the crowd is at Mm -hmm. you can just have this you know you can just flow through this dialogue where you weave in some of your own 
uh, lessons, but also taking contextualized little anecdotes. And hopefully you walk away with, you know, a talk that was very specific to that moment for that crowd in that moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's what, that's what the art has been like for me. And it's interesting because it's almost become therapeutic for me, right? Mm. Like that's how I process real time, the shit that I'm going through. You know, like I make, mm. it, whether it's big career changes or this and that, or, you know, like, you know, internal strife, like I pride myself in that I lay, I'll lay it bare there, bro, on stage. Like I have no problem saying like, Hey man, I think about this a lot. Like, you know, am I wasting my time pursuing a career in media? Because, yeah. you know, even though I might be well known, you know, you know, the guys who really make bread, you know, no one knows them. And, you know, so that's just an example of <laughs> you like, think about uh, that. I think about I th- that too. <laughs> I, th- I think, I th- yeah, you know, I do. I think about that. Yeah, I do. And it's funny. Cause like, like, all right, look, you want me to be open and candid. All right, let me take it there. Right. So, so look, I feel like from my peer group, I've, I've heard criticism of me come back around the way um, where people have a certain view of someone who self promotes and um, whom it rings the bell loud, you know, because I think, I think it can lend itself to being, there are a lot of people who ring the bells, but th- there's, they're absent of substance. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't feel that I am that, but when some of those criticisms come back around, you start thinking, well, am I, you know, and you kind of get in your head mm-hmm. and, um, it's just an interesting relationship that I've had because, you know, at some point I decided, you know what, this is a natural skill set of mine that I have, you know, like, and, and, you know, I want to fully uh, hone that craft, but at the same time, it's not all that I want to do. Um, and you know, anyway, I'll leave it there. So those are just some of my jumbled thoughts, man. Um, nah, nah, I think you hit on some really good points. Um, Mm I think what, you know, I think you come to a, 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 I don't know what they call those, like a fork in the road, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or something of that nature. But let me rewind back before we get okay. to that fork in the road. I think when you talked about the speaking, how it just flows, how it just, you know, just comes out and the honesty, the vulnerability, uh, it looks like the vulnerability is the key. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong, but it just seems to me that when you just, kind of decide I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to lay it all out. I'm not going to be afraid of what I say. Then that's when the best you comes out. Would you agree Mm, about that? I, I couldn't agree more, man. Um, and there's a certain weight that's lifted when you are, are okay to be vulnerable. Um, because I feel like it removes the power that any of your insecurity your own insecurity has over your life when you just say it out loud. Right. Like when you just say, Hey, I'm insecure about this. Um, the power of that thing over you goes away. Yeah. Um, in a weird way. And it yeah. actually, actually to like draw a parallel to hip hop, that actually reminds me of Kanye from, you know, we all subconscious. I'm just the first to admit it. Mm. Yeah. You know, she's <laughs> exactly. so self-conscious. She has no idea what she's doing in college. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, man, there's so many parallels that I feel like hip hop has to um, it does. Our, our community. Um, it does. But but yeah, man, I would agree with that. I think vulnerability 
um, uh, creates the space for more potential pain because you are exposing your weak points. Yeah. And I, I do feel that in quote unquote business, like people who have this very black and white view of business and I've, you know, I've been on teams with those folks, um, in past teams and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you can be more profitable that way, but there is something to be said about the gray area and, um, leading with vulnerability, I think, uh, injects more goodwill into the ethos and and i don't know man and um i i like i like rolling that way and i'd i've yet to know if that will be the right way or the wrong way and that's kind of part that's part of the scary part for me is like i have so many theses and potential paths that i see one can take and so it's like man which one do you do you take i I, you know i don't know i don't know i mean for me i think it's failing up that's the mm. way I see it. Even if you, even if it's a wrong path, the fact that you took the step towards that, mm. whether 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 it fully works out or not, you don't really go down unless you mm. say something stupid, like I mean, <laughs> something crazy, you know, something that gets you like you know, documentary or something, you know. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but outside of that, like yeah, I mean, I think it's a a failing up and and it's so it's a good transition into the self promotion conversation because mm-hmm. i feel like anybody who is a relentless self promoter makes a lot of enemies um in a in a way and true and it's and it's not because i mean it could be a, i don't want to dig into all the different reasons why but i feel like um because the, it almost gives off the used car salesman vibe right yep Yep, and a lot of people are scared to look like that. But then, yep. it, but we we are in this society now. I see somebody put a hashtag called "publish or perish," and <laughs> um, and it's so real because mm. it's almost as if like if you're not doing something, you're not. Because I used to argue with my my um, uh, one of my partners all the time, and I used to be like, "Yo, like." Just because I'm not posting on anything on Instagram doesn't mean I'm not doing nothing, which is a fact. Like, like I'm doing a right. lot. Right. Right. But because I don't publish, mm. it looks publish. like I'm down, like I'm like I'm yeah. down and then I'm, I'm in a drought right now. Right. Like, right. Like I'm just like, you know, people like, <laughs> yo, you, all, you get the text like, are you good? Right. You good? Right. You, get, you know, but no, nah, that's not the, that's not the case. Like, nah. so I, that's that's one part for me. But the other part is. If I'm not publishing, then I'm almost potentially not creating new business for myself. Yep, for sure. No, for sure, so, man. And and like I think you're hitting on great points there. Um, so for sure, and, and I can speak from experience, right? Sometimes I look at some of my older clips, even recent clips, and you know, it might make me cringe in certain moments because like the the point that I was trying to communicate, whether it was that specific moment or my choice of words, maybe mm-hmm. it slightly missed the point. Um, or maybe something about the way I communicated distracted from the point. Mm-hmm. Um, or that I cursed or you know, whatever, you know. So I look at some of my old clips and I have empathy for the fact that if someone's consuming me in these little micro moments, you know, they're gonna build their uh, opinion of you 
in these short clips because that's kind of the world that we live in. Exactly. Um, so you have to be conscious of the fact that if you're gonna enter this arena of creating content, that that 100% is a, uh, is a risk slash vulnerability slash part of the game. It's just, you know, it's just part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time though, what happens when you increase your volume of sharing content and your thoughts more freely, when you increase the speed, right? Now I'm speaking from just a practitioner standpoint, like when I'm running my content game at, at peak production, you know, we're recording hours, maybe eight, 10, sometimes 12 hours a day. Cause I just have my guy follow me around and we send it off to an editor who's cutting micro clips and sending it my way. Mm. And I'm so busy doing my thing when I'm at peak now, now I'm not in, in the, in the midst of that, but yeah. when I'm just cranking, I'm getting all these pieces of content that are cut by an editor whom, you know, in some cases I've met personally, in other cases we just work remotely and they have a feel for the things that I'm trying to communicate and I'll see a clip and I'll know that it's only about 80% of the way there in terms of like how, um, how on the message it is. Sometimes they cut little weird moments and the way it's spliced together could make you look different as you know, editing is everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Early on in the process, I was bottlenecking my own production because I was a little bit too in the weeds on the edits. And then you realize, man, fuck it. Like, who cares? Yeah. Just, you know, just throw it out. <laughs> just put it out. And, and you get in this rhythm where, like, you're putting so much out that you don't even have time to care about mm. the, the nitpicks. And, yeah. and that's not to say that that school of thought is correct. You know, the, the volume model, you know, your... Um, approach works too, where you have a more curated, you know, more point of view, resonant editorial type of content. Like you can argue, in fact, I would go as far as to say that your content, you know, through her eyes is, you know, way more profound and riveting than any of the content that I've put out throughout all this time. And I've probably have 10, if not 20 X the volume, just cause I was shipping so much at some point, but your one piece cut through you know, very deeply, you know, social commentary way in a narrative that's ongoing and very important. So, you know, I guess to folks listening, like it's not that there's one over the other. Um, I'm kind of just sharing some of the uh, totality of what goes on when you do step into the volume model. And by the way, one thing I can say for for certain is that it 100 percent does increase your <laughs> business like it, it i mean it yeah does. visibly visibly it, you know i've seen the growth visibly like the, when you started to just say oh fuck it i'm gonna turn it up mm-hmm. i bro you were on tv the next year you it, were on every what <laughs> yeah yo you fucking nailed it I, yeah and by the way i was bugged out i was like yo how is this possible like what started like this like you know turn into the vlog and turn to this and then and lo and fucking behold like i was talking about this with my brother yesterday who's in quarantine with me we're just hanging out here in pa and like it it just is it is mind-blowing like damn that shit got like we fucking took it there bro like yeah we you know we got on air and you know landed an international show and that shit, by the way, feels like uh, like if I could reflect on what it feels like to be on air, like the the best <laughs> like uh, shit that I've come up with in my head is it feels like Super Mario Brothers, like when you hit the star, yeah, you're just cruising through, nothing can stop you. You just got the star power, like when you're yeah. on air, you know, you're just getting 
you know, your yeah, distribution is lifted. I remember mm-hmm. at CultureCon, yo, like you had all mm-hmm. these just random people just like, yo, can I get a picture? Can I get it your was, autograph? All this yeah. other stuff. And I was like, wait, is this real? Like, cause yeah, to me, man. I was just like, yo, this is just, a, it's, it's John. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just John, man. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that man, bro. And then going on tour. So then yeah. like piggybacking off of that now let's layer in. Okay. You know, fine you've decided you want to speak you start getting in your early you know your early chops in and and you know there's two elements to um there's two elements to this mastery of craft Mm -hmm. one is honing your point of view and your message and then the other is honing your skill on the medium Mm. right so like like for instance i think of julian mitchell um whom you know, over the years has honed his point of view on culture, business, entertainment. Um, but over the years has also very finely evolved his writing craft. And, you know, when you mix the two at a higher level, it creates, you know, really thought provoking pieces. And like, I can see myself in my early videos being, being restrained by the medium at first, Mm. because I go, hi, um, today we're going to be talking about marketing. Exactly. Market, you know, and I, I just I see those videos and I see, wow, I'm I'm natural now on on camera. And I um, a lot of people that are getting started will compare their or their initial content with my most recent content. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you can't do don't make that mistake. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't do that. Compare your shit to maybe if you want to compare it all to my earlier days. And you'll see not only was I very stiff, um, but also the message wasn't resonant. Uh, it was terribly infrequent. Yeah, you you got know, a home, yeah, your unique perspective on the world isn't developed as much. And so correct. now you, you're like, wait, I know what I want to say. Like, I know it. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's developed. Correct. Now, what happens? Let me take you to where I'm at today. What happens when you become really well known for a message that you've been about and have championed over the last, say, half a decade, if not full decade? You know, full decade, you've been honing this point of view, half decade, you've been really speaking it in the last year to two years for me, but really the last year, you know, it's come into focus and I've, you know, my point of view has entered the conversation and I'm known for it now. Um, And I've entered a space where I'm, I'm evolving my point of view and it's not quite fully um, honed. (laughs) I'm glad you... I'm glad you said this, yo, because my next question was literally about to touch on this. Mm, mm. And my question was going to be, what's a strong stance you had that you no longer have? I love (laughs) it. Because you were very, one thing about, you know, a lot of speakers, a lot of people who become leaders, you you can't say shit half-assed. Like, you got to be bold when you (laughs) say it. Right, (laughs) right. And so, like, you just, like, whether it's wrong, that's the reason why Trump is who he is today. You know, like him Mm. or love him, hate him, whatever. He says his lies bold as shit. And it's just right. like, he gets up there, he's like, I lie, fuck it. Because that's, right. that's, that's right. not, it didn't start with him. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, this is way before him. And so my thing is, when you're a leader, you said a lot of things. And you said a lot of things where you were incredibly bold on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What have Absolutely. you reversed on? Oh, man. And that's a great question, man. That's a great question. Because at the at the root of that question is, exploring growth and, and, 
you know, evolution of theories and, and stances. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I look at all my old shit, man. And I'm just so, ah, just pointed, you know, and like (laughs) that for anyone listening that's getting started, that actually helps not only tactically and strategically, but also resonantly. Like you got to believe that fucking shit. Like otherwise, like your words carry weight. And when you don't believe your shit, your words float away and they don't resonate with people. So first you got to hone that thing that you're resonant about. And for me, a lot of those things early on was like, yo, like if you're, if you weren't working 16 hours a day, I didn't want to talk to you. Like, don't (laughs) talk to me unless you're working these amount of hours. And I'm actually dumbfounded when I look back at like my earliest, um, days getting started, Mm -hmm. uh, at, you know, the sheer intensity of, of work ethic that I had. Even before I came out and started sharing that stuff, like there was a period, you know, when Instagram wasn't even as popular, you know, just way before even social, like when I was just working in the basement, I look at like my output now in terms of sheer effort. I'm like, I'm in amazement of what 18 year old, you know, John was doing. I was like, fuck, you know, how do you get back to that place? By the time I got to sharing stuff, you know, hustle your face off, this and that, like all that kind of stuff. Um, I still firmly believe it, but now I wield my influence um, a bit differently, A, and also mm-hmm. B, I recognize um, the nuances in situations. Um, for instance, you know, that was necessary for me to, I almost had to like ba- beat it into my own head by, yeah. by saying it out loud that that was what I needed because that's where I was at. Yeah. These days, you know... I'm just getting a little smoother, more, you know, more finesse. I'm aging like wine, hopefully, you know, and, and I, I understand this, you know, situations vary. Um, and it's okay to not want to, you know, just ah, go and blow it all up. So would you say you were a creator of hustle porn? (laughs) I would say I would, uh, yeah, I could say, I I could say that I could say I contributed to the hustle porn. uh... I did. I did. I I definitely contributed to that. Um, and I still, again, I, I still believe in that. I just yeah. wield it differently, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, there's no way to, you can't substitute hard work. So right. there's, this this like, you know, I think that, I think, I think what you're talking about is hard work and not necessarily burn yourself out. Like you, mm. you can work hard and smart and be balanced with mm. your time and your energy without burning yourself out. So. Maybe, man, it's, it's hard. It. So that's what I feel like. That's one of the things I've thought about. Mm-hmm. And, and like my conclusion was like, well, everything depends. It depends on personality type. Mm. I've found for myself, like I'm me personally, I'm not a terribly organized person. I'm also terribly inefficient. And for as much as I do and get done, people would think I'm efficient, but I'm very inefficient. And what I mean by that is like, I've worked with people that are highly efficient and I see their, their temperament and how they run their lives. Yeah. And I mean, it's, everything's booked in the calendar. It's like, <laughs> thung, bung, bung. it's like 15 minutes at the end of 15 Word. minutes. It's Oh, and I, and I'm seeing that. And, you know, my first inclination was to think, all right, let me, you know, let me try to emulate my, uh, life in that image to see what it does for me. And I realized that it strips the joy away from me. Mm. And so like, I'm actually okay being inefficient, you know, because I don't, 
you know, even if I'm operating at most of the time at like reduced efficiency levels, I'm still, I'm in the groove and sometimes I can lock in and have really high output. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I'm, I'm okay being a little bit redundant, a little bit inefficient. Yeah. Um, as long as I'm operating in a way that I feel is authentic to me. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, all that to say, I was okay with burning. I wasn't afraid of burning out. I think people mm. have this like weird fear. Why? Like, you know, it's okay. You won't know where your limit is. Push it. You know, like people do cling on to old phrases and shit mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. as truth, but it's like, how did, now I know, like I, I've been through really hard periods in this game, as you know, it will take you through hard yeah. financial periods where there have been some times where I was popping and, and becoming more and more known, but, but more and more broke, like, because, <laughs> because the, the funnily enough, the things that build brand equity are different, Expensive. wildly yeah. differentiated things. Yeah. They're things that, that because they don't necessarily make money today, that's what makes it cool and worthy of remark. Exactly. Right? So the, the projects that lift your brand, like when I, no one gave a shit that I was running a dry cleaner. Cause it was not a novel concept. Yeah. It was when I did co-found Harlem, my first like really imaginative project mm -hmm. that it gave me a lift. Um, but that shit wasn't making no money. <laughs> and, and so in those talk about challenging moments, like going through a one, even two, sometimes three years, God forbid, period of just like, you're just figuring it out day by day, just really just, you know, that pressure, man. Um, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think this is, this is actually, you hit on something because I think this is what, what caused me to actually kind of fall back mm. when I started to realize, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the conversation. This was when I started to realize, wait, why am I doing action X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. but still not earning A, B, and C? X, exactly. And exactly. I was just like, wait, this don't add up. And then I just kind of was like, well, let me find out what gets me the A, B, and C that I've been looking for. Because I thought it was the X, Y, and Z that was doing that, but it's not. It's and not. So it, and it seems like you've kind of discovered that when you started meeting individuals who had net worths through the roof, but yet, you know, they got like 10 Twitter followers or whatever. And so, yep. um, and then I'll, I'll couple that with another, um, another question, which might feed into something is like, you did fall back. You mm -hmm. did fall back. Was the reason you fell back that or was it something else? Because I know there's probably people who listening who who are wondering like, okay, what happened to John? He kind of made a few announcements and then kind of you know, yep, and then just disappeared, step back. Step back. Yep. So yep. you could talk on that if you want, but I, I feel like they all yeah. related in some way. I don't know, are they? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, these are these are great uh, raw explorations, and I, I think, and I, I'm thankful to have a friend like you. Um, in my ethos, cause we could take it there, you know, and it yeah. feels real. Um, but now nah, you're, you're talking about some really important stuff, man. Um, and yeah, so, so correct. At some point I realized, okay, certain actions and you were good about like, you recognize it and you cut it cold sometime ago actually. Yeah. And like you pop in when you want. Um, in my case, um, you know, 
that still feels authentic to me. And so I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm in the mix, I'm producing content, I'm really out there, but, and it's also, I had gotten to a point in the craft and have gotten to a point in the craft where I think it was a lot of people who ring the bells don't have uh, really sh- sharp business acumen. Mm. And I have a natural talent for business um, paired with that natural talent of uh, promoterness. Yeah. And, so and I was come natural. I think it came natural to you. Correct. And I was able to, I, you know, I'm starting to cut bigger and bigger deals. Mm-hmm. And, and it's actually, you know, it was, it was quite lucrative. 2019 was that record year for me. Turns out it was a record year for everyone because, <laughs> because fucking shit hit the, yeah, uh, hit the fan exactly. now. Um, but, um, okay. So I'm in this, you know, mode, I'm, I'm cutting media deals on a higher and higher level. I go from, you know, like one-off influencer posts to, you know, negotiating television, uh, packages with networks and you know big fortune 500s directly and and having by the way like doing those kinds of deals it's funny how people view talent a certain way oh you're you know you're just talent but from the moment Mm -hmm. i started doing hustle i was adamant that i would never be you know just talent like how they refer so boom so i'm getting this going at the same time you know, I have another aspect of my career really taken off as well, which is the, you know, f- financial firm, yeah. you know, and, and for the longest, bro, and, you know, I answered the question to myself if I was purely about money, because yeah. there is no path that guarantees wealth quite like running a fund. Raising a fund is the hardest thing to do in finance. Raising your first fund, yeah. right? This is a, a like a widely accepted fact in um, in the financial financial world. Raising yeah. your first fund is incredibly difficult. Once you get there, you make fees, guaranteed fees, irrespective of your performance from the fund, which is relative to its size. So, you know, it's 2%, sometimes two and a quarter, depends on the the fund. But so the bigger the fund, the more fees you got. Now you can actually, you can actually get to a point where, you know, you're running your first fund, you raise your second fund, um, and you can actually get to a point where you're collecting 2% fees from three funds concurrently at once, not to mention the profits that you'll realize when those investment, when those investments matured 10 years down the line. So if you have a committed go at it, you will become wealthy. Um, the math suggests um, over a 10, 20 year period, you'll probably walk away with, depending on how well the fund did, it could be hundred yeah. million plus, but you'll probably walk away with like 20 to 30 M's, which is wow. like real money. Um, and so anyway, I'm sitting here and you know, everything's taken off for me. Um, and um yeah, I just, you, you have a, an interesting moment in, in a reflection when you realize like everything that you were ever chasing is here, <laughs> but you never, <laughs> you never thought about what you would do once you got there. You know, it's just been all working, like all that hustle porn that I contributed to guilty, right? Like was yeah. all <laughs> to get me to boom that this point where it's like, wow, it's all, you know, it's all here. Um, and you know, at some point, um, you, at least for me, I started to feel like, uh, uh, not a purebred of 
either path. Um, you know, I'm in the room with television executives. I got another big television project, um, cooking scripted show. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm producer of, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but you know, I'm in the room with pure media or TV execs and I'm feeling like I'm not pure that I also recognize I'm not pure finance guy, man. I'm just not like, I love the world and the, the act of investing is very fulfilling to me. However, I'm just not an institutionalized kind of guy. Like, like there's a reason I became an entrepreneur, not because I thought that shit was cool. It's because I couldn't stand a fucking job. Like I just, I yeah. fucking hate it. Like I didn't even finish school, man. Like that's not something I say because <laughs> it's cool. Like I just, I couldn't do it. Like exactly. I don't, I do not thrive in structured environments. And so it's funny because I feel like I became a prisoner of the very things I was working so hard to build. Yeah. Um, and then what happens when you create a persona, you know, John Henry, or whatever that persona is for you. But like, yeah. what happens when you create a persona that that has a life of its own? And, you know, it got strange for me because like, I remember, bro, I was like, just, you know, living in Harlem, just going to have coffee. And I was paranoid in a way because like, I didn't really want to see anyone, but you know, you bump into people, you know, which is a blessing and people, yo, I love your shit. And you're just like, it just fucks with you a little bit. I think I started to, uh, feel a little bit what like maybe fame could feel like. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's a interesting place to be in where you're like, okay, you're just assessing. At least I was, I was assessing, okay, you know, how do I want to play it? You know, you know, you're just assessing all your chips and, I devised a plan on paper that was the the best plan. Yeah. Um, however, if my heart's not in it, I'm the kind of operator that's just really heart driven, man. And if my heart's not in it, I just can't do it. Yeah. And when it came to producing content, I didn't feel like I had anything to say because I was no longer about the hustle porn that I was preaching. Um, and yet I didn't have a fully formed new paradigm. And yeah. so, you know, my approach then was just weaving people through both of those and saying, Hey, here's where I'm at. Cause that's my truth. Um, and so, yeah, man, uh, you know, uh, that was just like, um, you know, a, a mid length exploration of like where I was nah. at yeah, and, you know, ultimately I like to be drip. I like to be driven by what feels best and, you know, what felt best to me was like, okay, this is a project that I feel like I've contributed what I was meant to. And yeah. it's actually a scary thing to let go of something that, um, that contributes so that your, your identity that's, is tied that's, to. That's, and that's something I wanted to, to even ask, you know, more specifically, it's like, mm -hmm. how do you really walk away from a giant you know, that mm. you've built, like, how mm. do you, how do you walk away from these, these things that define so much of you, but mm. at least, at least to other people exactly. define so much of you, but, but now you have to kind of like walk away from that. I felt like that was the, the case when I had built the fat startup mm -hmm. and everybody yeah. for like three years, for yep. three years, I, I couldn't stop hearing it for three years. Yo, yo, y'all should have never, y'all should have never stopped the fast startup, yo. Yeah, yo, what are y'all yeah. doing the next decade away? Y'all should have never stopped that. Y'all did all right. this before everybody. I remember so, that, bro. I remember that. Like three years, I could never stop hearing about it. And yo, so I remember this, just fun fact, like my first real year in the game too. 
I had just kept hearing about Tech 808, man. People were like, yo, this shit is hot. I think it was going down yeah. at NYU. What there was yeah, it NYU? Yeah. We had and, NYU. And I just, I just remember Atlanta. that energy around it, bro. And I know actually that's that's a great that you bring that up because I know you've you've been through that process of stepping away from something that, you know, you grow yeah. and it's, you're tied to. I mean, um, it was so large because it actually created the opportunities that I'm in now. Yep. You know, that's how Facts. large it was. Like, it, I wouldn't even have the opportunity that I have now had mm-hmm. I not done that. And so, right. um, yeah, like, how do you walk away? Because I know there are a lot of people who probably are thinking the same way, not just about you, but even for themselves. For sure. They may want to walk away, but what did you do that gave you peace mm, in that I transition? Love that, man. You know uh, it's such a beautiful conversation because I do think people are held prisoners by their own outdated views and expectations of themselves. Mm. Um, and that, I think, you know, that I think that's a very profound statement. It just came out of me, but um, yeah, people, I see it often, man. And, and I think that you have to hone the bravery mm. to let it go because that's what it requires. It requires bravery. Once, you know, you, you know, the public's perception of you is such, you know, you know, it's hard it's, it's harder for me to be a prisoner of, you know, something that I don't feel is true of me anymore. And I, mm-hmm. I say prisoner because it, it holds you in a certain space that while you're authentically in that space, you're not a prisoner. You're you're living in your in your true shit. Yeah. But like, um, yeah. Yeah, man. For me, it you know, it's funny. It's like. I uh, it just. Yeah, man, you think about it, you weigh it, and you say, yeah. man, what's the alternative? Like, yeah. I I had to remind myself of why I got started in being an entrepreneur in the first place. Like, I got started because I did, like, I liked the liberty of being able to move freely. And it's interesting juxtaposition because when you build something that comes with more and more responsibilities tied to mm-hmm. it. Um, and you look, you know, look, man, with great power comes great, great responsibility. Um, and so you kind of have to choose what is that thing that you're willing to endure that responsibility for. And for yeah. me, as long as I feel true to like, I'm okay with that weight because this is what I'm doing, then that's what I'm doing. Um, and if not, man, it just kind of slides right off you. So, yeah. um, yeah. So it feels great, by the way, for anyone listening who maybe has like a big change that they've been wanting to do, but they're just concerned about what folks might think. I will say this, man, the world, A, don't really care as much as you think they do. <laughs> um, a, you know, everyone's just thinking about their own shit. That's so a no whole one really, other conversation. Yeah. Man. So no one really cares, A. And then B, yeah. um, it's actually a great relief. It's a great relief when you say, remember, we talked about earlier in this conversation, like yeah. vulnerability, like when you profess it, it loses its power over you. Yeah. Same thing, too, with a big change. When you say, you know, like if someone were to say, like, you know, it's like coming out, like, uh, you know, being gay. I, d- I don't know what that is like. I can mm-hmm. imagine that's a very, especially in the black community where we're not yeah. really all that accepting of, of, you know, gay culture. Well, increasingly so these days, but. I can just imagine like just coming out with something that's scary like that. Yeah. It's got to just, it comes with its own lash outs, but it's just got to feel good to just ah speak out. your truth. And so, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I implore nah. folks to do that. That's a good, that's a good point to end on, man. Like we've been chopping it up for about 45 minutes, man. And, um, wow. Look at that. Know, so this flew. might be the, 
this might be the longest episode I have. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was, you know, but uh, I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful for you even, you know, coming through. And, and I told you, man, we ain't going to do no bio moments, man. We nah, yeah. Yo, can you leave that shit yo, out? Yeah. Let me know how you... How you did this? Like, nah, 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 nah. We good. Yeah, we good, I'm. Man. I'm glad, man. And <laughs> I, I actually like. I actually like that. I think we need more of that. Um, um, because like, that shit is whack. I've done. An, I've actually slowed down on interviews because of that same thing. Like, yeah. hey, you know, I it's like that. I was like, let me just come into this. And really do this.